Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm Paul and I'm directly across from my dad, John, because I've come down to Sydney on a bit of a whim with Tegan and we figured what we'd do is mix up the formula a bit and do a loose ends this week because we're so rarely in the same room. And Dad and I are currently perched over his microphone in his kitchen. Uh, Dad, how are you doing this morning? Really well. You know how you don't like to talk about Wim Hof breathing? God. Paul, you just said you're down here on a whim. <laughs> we actually had to get to the I say studio. It's very generous. We had to get here uh, slightly later than normal because Mum and Dad were finishing 20 minutes of Wim Hof. Yes. And you know how you've heard of Studio Ghibli? Yes. I call this... This studio here, Studio Giblets. Do you? Yes. As Christine will attest, she's sitting over there nodding, going... (laughs) Mum just passed out. Listen, folks, uh, we are actually going to get back to the case of uh, the the Blacktown Rapist that we've been dealing with for the past few weeks. But Mm -hmm. given that we're in the same city, we thought it would be fun to get together and do a bit of a special one-off episode. So we'll be back to your regularly scheduled programming very soon. But Dad, you mentioned something to me. You said that in Thailand they mm. have caught something of a serial killer and you wouldn't tell me the details. That's right. Would you like to talk about that now? Yes, and by serial killer, we <laughs> I can't help myself. Oh, I'm not talking about someone that destroys their cereal. Okay. <laughs> Dad, Sorry, Paul. Dad, lives have been lost. I know, 15 lives. Wait. It's no trivial matter. It's really not. No. So what's with the jokes? I don't know. It's just nice to bring some... (laughs) I'm looking at... Tegan, did you just... Were you nodding then, Tegan? (laughs) Tegan's laughing silently in the corner. Sweet Tegan. Just full disclosure, the entire Loose Units family is actually in the same room. Mum is on the couch staring straight ahead as if she's enduring some sort of uh, Guantanamo Bay-esque torture. Tegan is currently on her phone, um, wincing. But Dad and I are about to talk about a serial killer. Yes. Yes. Um, Could you? Well, what she has done over the years... Don't bury the lead. So, first of all, it's Thailand. Uh, it's they Have they caught this serial killer yet? Yes. They, they, she's in custody and she's pregnant. Oh, God. That's a twist. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, she's four months pregnant. Right. It's, it's highlighting a lot of the corruption um, in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Christine and I have experienced... Corruption on a fairly basic level. You mean as police in Australia? 
Well, or do you mean going through customs in Thailand? No, not customs necessarily, but we've been pulled over by the police in in Thailand, and they've got this crazy system, and it's really clever. What they do is they pick you up speeding that you don't know. You drive many many kilometers through the you know the the, the rice paddies, for example, thinking everything's honky dory. All of a sudden, you are met by a barrage, and I'm talking 20, maybe 30 police officers literally stop you in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They profile the type of car you're in. So if you're in, if you're a Westerner in a, in a very exclusive, um, you know, high-end motor vehicle, mm-hmm. they simply know that it's going to be well worth their while to pull you over. They're not going to pull you over riding push bikes, okay? Okay. Because it's all a matter of <clears throat> it's a shakedown, basically. It right? is, it is. And Christine and I have been in northern Thailand, and I'm talking incredibly senior police. They look, some of them look as though they've just stepped off, um, you know, some naval flotilla. Like epaulets and oh, medals and stuff. You know, their, their, their shoulders, they probably have to go to the gym. But doesn't that doesn't make sense in terms of a labor. Like, it doesn't make sense. They're all. Why so many people for one ah, shakedown? Okay, well, it's 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 fascinating. But so they pull you over. Yeah. They there's always someone that can speak English. English being probably you know a fairly universal language, and they get your driving license. And this is the really weird thing. And the first time I experienced this, I thought you've got to give them credit uh-huh. for being really clever. They give your license to a guy on a motorbike, a police officer, and he vanishes. He drives away off into the sunset with your license. So you have to pay to get your license back? Exactly. They tell you to report to the next town's police station. Uh Uh-huh. You're up shit creek without a paddle. Mm. You can't piss off. You haven't actually paid any money at that stage. You drive to the next town. Could be 20 kilometers away. And then you look for the police station. Sometimes they give you an escort. Has this happened to you, by the way? Yes. Remember, Christine? We were with Mark and Pla. And um, Christine is a woman of few words. (laughs) Mum, do you have any insights you want to share with the show? Shaking her head. She's just held back asleep. It's been a... Um, Okay. And then you go to the police station. Yeah. And... We actually used our daughter-in-law, Pla, mm-hmm. that's Mark's wife, your sister-in-law. Yeah. We used, I say we used, she was our, um, our spokesperson. Yep. And the first thing she said, she tried to, to get out of it at that particular, where we'd been pulled over. Mm-hmm. And she explained that her father had been a very, very senior uh, police officer in the Thai, Royal Thai Police. Right. And the head of the police there said to her, yes, well, you should know better then. How's that for a good comeback? Wow. And it's technically spot on. Yeah. And it was embarrassing in a way because you sort of had to eat humble pie. Went to the next town. Pla goes into the police station and negotiated a settlement. <laughs> and it was a cash settlement. Can I ask how much? Do you recall, Christine? Oh, it's funny how Christine sees... <laughs> Christine sort of, it's like putting a, a pin in the balloon just then. Well, well, I th- are you sure, Christine? A couple of hundred baht is how much is that in Australian dollars? Maybe 
twelve dollars. Seems it seems like a lot of again. This just this this fucking scheme doesn't seem to make sense. You have as you you did you say thirty or sixty police officers? I, summon, did, I didn't say sixty. I Paul, you are the, prone to exaggeration. Uh, I said between twenty and thirty. Is okay. that a fair number, Christine? 30 police officers in full military regalia stop you in a rice field, send you one town over to pay $12 for a bribe. This is not a sustainable business model is what I'm saying. I agree, but Christine, I mean, it's an interesting story, isn't oh, it? Dad's just rolled Mum into the podcast. She's not giving you anything. <laughs> Mum, Mum is not having it. Uh, okay, listeners, this is all bringing us back to, first of all, uh, for those of you new to the show, sorry, folks. Weird point to jump on, but mum and dad uh, used to be cops in the 80s. That's what the show is about. Mm. And mum and dad have a house in Thailand, which is why Thailand is such a focal point occasionally Mm. of the show. And if you go back to the first season, dad, you and I were just starting to get ahead of steam going in the apartment directly across from where you live right now. In fact, huddled around a small little Tanoi-style mic. Mm. And uh, we were just starting to get ahead of steam going during the first season when you and mum went across to Thailand. Mm. And we had to do the show cross continents yep. we had to do it from Thailand mm. now you have a house in Thailand you spent a lot of time in Thailand yep. my brother Mark lives there with yep. my sister-in-law Pla as you mm. mentioned mm. so whenever you bring up a crime that took place in Thailand it has a very personal kind of connection to, to you and to the show so when you mention this female serial killer who has been taken into custody in Thailand who is pregnant at the time of her mm. being taken into custody and that also is very interesting mm. uh, could you talk us through what she did and a bit more about this case. Okay, so she, it is alleged that she poisoned people um, by using cyanide, which would be a terrible, terrible way to go. Painful? So painful. Cyanide's in apples, isn't it? Yeah, but with, with, with I mean, one has to ask oneself where you would get cyanide. Thailand's an interesting country. There are things that we take for granted in Australia. For example, methylated spirits. I love methylated spirits. Bit of metho? I love it. It's such a good cleaning agent. Um, Is that what you clean the floors here with? Yes. How many times a day? Um, Well, I actually did it once this morning. Okay. uh, And I've also vacuumed. How many times a day do you think you clean the floors? Well, I vacuum once a day. Okay. But Christine also vacuums. You vacuum every day? Every day. Without fail. Do you think that's a scooch compulsive? No. No, we just like. Um, I mean, it sounds excessive. It sounds. You don't make mess, so what are you cleaning? No, but I'm sort of very much into micro. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, okay. So Christine yesterday emptied the vacuum cleaner, uh-huh. and then she ran over the f- floor. Yeah. <clears throat> she gave it one pass over, uh-huh. um, not to be confused with the Jewish holiday Passover. That's it. Yeah. And anyway. Uh, then she called me into the bathroom and she said, John, come and have a look at this. And it was probably one of the high points of yesterday. And that we, was. Hang on, we arrived yesterday. I know that, but prior to your arrival. <laughs> and Christine gleefully, yeah. uh, with some sort of. Glee? Yeah. She, she pointed to the, uh, the transparent capsule uh-huh. attached to the, uh, the vacuum cleaner, and there was a, almost a fistful hang on. of dust. Have you emptied it yet? No. It's just around the corner, yeah. folks. Just wait here. Dad, can you pad for a second? Okay, so um, Paul um, is going into the bathroom to bring out the vacuum cleaner. And, I mean, this is this is live. There okay. it is. That. Uh, here we go. Uh, that is... Hang on. So that was after... Yes. Uh, listeners, I'm currently looking at a... I can't believe this is terrible content. Uh, so, I'm looking at the... 
capsule right now. Tegan, would you say it's a fistful? Not getting involved. Just look for God's sakes. No. No, hang on a sec. Uh, to be fair, Tegan. Small fist. It depend- exactly. Yeah. A yeah. small, um, like if a baby fist. Yeah, if a baby made a fist. Okay. No, there's a fair bit of, co- there's a lot of stuff in there. What is this? It's just stuff off the floor. That looks like wool. Paul, that's, that's our point. That's why. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a backstory to the dust, Paul. Oh, a lot of grey hairs, Dad. Someone's shedding. He's stressed? No. But, Paul, um, we had some people over. It was an emergency uh-huh. to sleep the night. I don't know what you could possibly be referring to. I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. Well, we're here. Let's do it. So, uh, okay, so... Our flight got cancelled, folks. We went to come down uh, yesterday. But the day before yesterday, Jetstar cancelled our flights. Didn't tell us why, just cancelled. And so Tegan booked us flights that night, and uh, we couldn't get com- we couldn't get accommodation at all. Mm. So mum and dad offered to let us sleep uh, in the apartment. Yep. And they took the floor. Yes, which is a weird thing to do considering I've just had surgery yeah. on my knee. And don't think I didn't float that, by the way. No, I, and, and Tegan and yourself were, were mortified that we would um, subjugate ourselves to sleeping on a uh, what is actually just. Uh, a concrete floor. Yes. And did you enjoy your experience? Okay, so I've been on this planet for sixty-three years, mm-hmm. and I, Christine and I discussed this last night. Uh, it was the worst night oh. ever in my life. Okay, sleeping. But Christine uh, then relayed a story about when she took, and I'll tell you what the story she told me yesterday about her time taking twenty-five girls to Rome for. World Youth Day, oh, where yes. for three days they slept on marble, no blankets, no pillows, no showers, no toilets, nothing. And it's a, and so Christine said to me that um, basically she had PTSD. Uh, so her experience sleeping on our floor here, yeah, um, for her mm-hmm. was traumatic and brought back all sorts of memories. Okay, for so me it was definitely the worst night, and I and I have I've slept in some shitty places. I was so delirious, and of yeah. course I had to get off my feet. Christine's signalling. Christine. So so as Christine's just pointed out, and this is this is quite significant. The reason Christine and I ultimately volunteered mm-hmm. to to suffer. But we didn't know we'd be suffering, to no, be fair, no. was because we've been contemplating for some years, and, and this has been discussed on previous podcasts, the, the, the idea of getting a futon. Yeah. So, you know, the, the principle of sleeping on a floor, uh, and Tegan also said that it, it can take a few weeks, but once you move through that process and your body adapts... Through the pain barrier. The pain barrier. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really good at sleeping on my back, so... Because that means that I'll snore. But then to counter that, I then... Because Paul, it's it's really funny, listeners. Paul actually wrote or contacted us and explained their dilemma. They did manage to find one property that was something like $600 a night out in the, the foot of the Blue Mountains or there was some share thing in... Mm. in a, it, just, it was really desperate. And there's a history, a back history as to why Sydney at this point, this long weekend, is just absolutely short on accommodation is that we had some um, some grand final football matches being played here uh, you know which sort of swells the the population for a weekend it's a long weekend as well and it's school holidays so all those things and you know we Paul and Tegan it was really really important that they come down for lots of reasons 
Uh, so we, we volunteered, but we thought we could sort of basically conduct an experiment in terms of sleeping. Yes. But I don't think we simulated a futon properly. Also, uh, Dad snores quite aggressively. Mm. And the fix for that, as Mum assured me before we arrived, was, oh, it's fine, we just put tape on his mouth. Now, listeners, you might think this is a joke, but when your post-op father blearily gets, tries to get off the floor and fails... And he has tape on his mouth and one eye is half closed and his hair's messed up. You really do feel like maybe you took a misstep as a son. Uh, does the tape work or did it come off during the night? No, it does work. Um, yeah, Christine's nodding. I mean, you smell like a chainsaw, but the, the you look offended. It well, is... I did actually go to the gym yesterday and one of the members of staff yeah. did make a comment about my hair. What did, what did they say? He said something like, you've had a bit of a rough night, have you? you just got to wax some product in it, don't Paul, you? I don't. At six in the morning, yeah. when I'm going to a gymnasium mm-hmm. to work out, yep. I don't care about my hair. How are you going to get your Fitzbo going? How are you going to get your TikToks? And ironically, this particular guy that said it is a German, bald, yeah. heavily tattooed uh-huh. hairdresser. Um, and I'm talking his entire head is covered in tattoos. Like, right. it's... He's got something on the top of his noggin. Um, that's, but he's, he's actually a very nice person. Hang on a sec. So we really need to wind back. God. Okay. So. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We were holding up a vacuum cleaner and trying to figure out how an apartment this small could get uh, so much good, stuff on the floor. Point. And I guess what we're trying to figure out here okay. is, is is what I'm seeing in the chamber there bedding from the no. failed experiment. Oh, okay. Yes. So here here, we, here it is. I have a, um, uh, well, Christine would call it a, a storeroom. I call it a storage, or well, I call it my storage facility. I call it a box of sadness. And um, that's where I keep my my sadness, my treasures. Yes, it is a bit like uh, the Indiana Jones kind of crate. Mm. Room. But there's some terrific stuff in there. We've talked about it on the show before, actually. Uh, yeah. How it was a little. Mum thought it was a little depressing. Um, 
she did. But that's where you keep the bedding, yeah? And that's where the bedding's kept. So when I... But I also use the bedding uh-huh. uh, because a lot of it was in the back of the ute and has been in the back of the ute for a long time. Yep. Because I use it, f- you know, when I'm moving antiques. Uh-huh. So we manhandled a large supply mm-hmm. of um, towels and... In fact, there's a funny story about the towels. Is, is it funny? Well, Kristen and I thought it was funny. Look at Kristen. Okay, Mum's pissing herself. Yeah. Kristen and I had this bit of a laugh about the towels that we gave you and Tegan. Oh, hang on. So the towels that we used on our bodies? Yes. Where they, were they? They came from a, a dead person's house. Oh, Jesus. Fuck's sake. True. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Mum, you've been dead quiet this whole time. Enjoying that, are you? Hang on, do you think they washed them first? Oh, they're immaculate. But the first thing I do when I go to a deceased estate... Is get the towels and give them to us? No, but... Dead person's towels? Yes, but but they're clean. They do have a... If you actually now that... Knowing what I've just told you, Christine and I were not going to tell you Why would you do that? No, because they're clean. I mean, elderly people, um, when they pass away, the first thing I do is go into their linen press. Yeah. And I just ask the, the family... Can I have all the towels, please? Because I use them for packing. And drying your your children. But they... they, they, they... Anyway, Christine had thought it best not to tell you from Tegan. Mum doesn't even get basic broadcasting. Mum, if you can at least laugh, laugh out loud, but she's, she's shaking with laughter. This is very frustrating. Hang on, so which... <laughs> How recent is this death? Oh, within the last 12 months. Oh, okay. I mean, the fact that the towels... Um, Tegan, would you not agree that if you went to a house and there's someone passed away, would you not think about taking the towels? Absolutely not. That would never occur to anyone. Okay. So what I also do with towels, I've got a friend of mine who's a French polisher, and I also give him... Um, to rub down furniture and stuff. Old, yeah, to rub down furniture. Okay. So, I mean, it's 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 a good recycling okay. thing. But those two particular towels that we gave the two of you, mm-hmm. um, I would not hesitate in using them myself. After, for example, I'd had a shower. Because they're, they're, they're good towels. But and did, you, did you use them on yourself? No. You gave them to us? Yep. And didn't tell us why? The fact that you didn't tell us implies you know it was the wrong thing to do. Uh, I, wouldn't agree. I don't agree it's the wrong thing. It speaks to guilt. And speaking of guilt, a woman in Thailand is guilty, apparently, yep. of killing 15 people. Uh, do, you think all, do, you, do you think there's 15 sets of towels out there <laughs> being used on various, uh, various un- unwilling suspects? Could you please... Tell me more about this case. So she killed 15 people with cyanide. Uh, her husband was a police officer. That you didn't say. No, um, that, which is troubling. Um, it was all to do with, I mean, she was gambling um, an extraordinary, mm-hmm. um, in, 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 in our terms, in, in, um, for example, in Australia, yes. um, the amount of money she was gambling a day was 400,000 Australian a day, almost half a million a day. Now, does that mean she was getting... She, okay, I was trying to figure out motive. Is it, was she killing for money? Correct. Yeah, so she'd, she'd get into debt yeah. with, with lots and lots of different people, all people that had money yeah. and people that obviously had you know, high income. And then when it came time to pay, uh, clearly she couldn't, yeah. as gamblers can't, because mm. it's all just vaporized and then she would simply lure them out into the uh into the jungle uh-huh. and poison them with cyanide 
It's an incredible story. It is believed that she is Thailand's greatest uh, serial killer. It's a very, very complex case. And unfortunately, because a lot of the killings took place all over Thailand and quite a few of them took place in regional centres, where the police, and this is a little bit kind of, again, but we can't poo-poo what I'm about to say because it used to happen in the New South Wales and probably all police forces, and that is that the police, the detectives, they go to a particular crime, but they don't know it's a crime. They then get the local doctor to come in, but the police in Thailand would say to the the, the doctor, yeah. we believe that this is a case of a heart attack. And it was based on ignorance. So no autopsy? No autopsy. And then now they're starting to exhume some of the bodies because there's a symptom, mm-hmm. a sign, a telltale sign. And what is that? And that is that your fingernails go black with cyanide poisoning. Okay, so... And fingernails don't degrade because, I, as you know, I've done quite a few um, exhumations. Does hair... No. Nothing, it just stays there. Hair, We're, fingernails, it's basically dead material anyway, right? The, head, the, the, the headless body, um, the Mr. Asia killing. Yeah. With the decapitation. Mm. We did find a fair bit of hair. I say we, uh, I. Mm. It, was, it was Muggins who was in the in the hole digging. Um, and fingernails are very, very resilient. Because it's, it's similar to that, um, the, the chemical that makes up hair. Yes, keratin, I think. Yeah, and yeah. the same thing that makes up rhinoceros horn. Yes, yes. Um, which is weird because in Vietnam at the moment, they're, they're paying up to 100,000 US per pound for rhino horn, mm-hmm. which they grind up into a fine powder and they snort it like cocaine. It has zero effect on your brain, but they believe... Mm-hmm that it is an incredibly intense and powerful aphrodisiac. aphrodisiac. Yeah. And, um, you know, males in certain Asian countries are mainlining ground-up rhino horn, which is... It's incredible. If they were to get fingernails mm. and hair yeah. and just put it into a blender... Basically the same thing. Same thing. But if you, but obviously uh, you'd be looking for a white powder, not a black powder, which is what you would get if you ground up the fingernails of the victims of cyanide. So mm. they've been exhuming bodies. Yep. 15 victims, black fingernails, an increasing likelihood that she's been killing these people. Yep. Now, I'm not sure where the case is right now. I find it very interesting that she was doing it to get out of debt. Yes. So she'd borrow money from somebody... They'd come to collect, she'd kill, she'd them. kill them, rinse, repeat. And also wipe the debt because you, there's no, the dead person can't. And I guess in a lot of these cases, because there is a lot of money awash in certain Asian countries, but having said that, there's money awash in, in probably all countries. Yeah. How'd you get caught, by the way? Do you know? Um, like what was the, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? How did it tip? Did somebody finally, did she, did she try and poison someone and it failed? Mum's just saying a relative tipped the police off. One of the victim's relatives. Okay. Fascinating. But two weeks ago, listeners and Paul, in Thailand, there was a party. And there were 30 police at the party, Mm -hmm. plus politicians, um, actors, high-profile movie, you know, celebrities. Yeah. And this was the mayor of a particular town in Thailand. And... He wanted the chief of police in that town to get his son mm-hmm. to allow his son to join the police force and becoming a, become a motorcycle police officer. 
And the head of police in this particular town, province in Thailand, just two weeks ago said to the, I guess we'd call him the mayor, said, no, I'm not going to uh, allow your son to just willy-nilly join the police force, become a bike rider. There are, there's processes, there's protocol. He's not suitable. So they're having this big party a few weeks ago in Thailand, and it's a big party. Yeah. And these are very powerful people. There were surveillance cameras everywhere because people who in that sort of lifestyle do have surveillance cameras in, in their private properties. Yeah. And during this huge basically dinner party, mm. um, the mayor had hired a henchman, like a hitman, psychopathic, you know, killer, yeah. who was at the party to murder the senior police officer. And in the middle of the party, in front of 30 police, his colleagues, this guy stands up and executes. He shot the police officer in the head in front of everyone. Not one police officer said anything. That's the power of this mayor in Thailand. All the cameras were mysteriously disconnected and they've actually found video footage of police carrying the physical cameras and throwing them in a canal. Okay? Now, really senior police from out of that district, probably from Bangkok, have come in and the whole thing's unraveled. But can you imagine... Six police officers are being charged. Wow. It's a shit fight. Wow. I, I find that story far more incredible than the serial cyanide killer. killer. Because imagine being at a dinner party. Imagine operating in your life with such impunity mm. whereby you have the power to have someone stand up and shoot someone during a party in front of 30 police that are police and potential witnesses and not one of those police said anything. It's just un. It, that is something, if you saw that in a B-grade film, you'd think that's fanciful mm-hmm. and almost stupid. It's the kind of thing that happens with henchmen in, you're right, B-grade action films. Mm. And, you don't, and you don't believe it. It seems like Thailand, there's some fascinating crimes. Really fascinating. Just amazing. Yep. We should touch on more crimes from Thailand more often, I think. Yeah. Well, remember the one we did when I was in Thailand last time about the Indian, uh, the Canadian Indian... Um, you know, the hitman yeah. that organised. That's right. And he got these international killers to fly in. Yeah. And then the police supplied the hitmen with the weapons. It seems like the uh, Thai police might have a slight corruption problem. Uh, but, but hear me out, Paul. Mm-hmm. Sydney in the 70s and 80s yes. was exactly the same. And I was about to say, it seems like exactly there's this the Wild same. West vibe to certain law enforcement in certain countries and certain times. <clears throat> yes. And as out. an aside, and you may decide to edit, may or may not decide to edit what I'm about to say, Paul. Yeah. But I'm going to say something now that's anecdotally fascinating, and I'm not going to sort of drill too deep. I will leave what I'm about to say up to the imagination of our listeners. Mm-hmm. But, and I choose my words delicately um, and the listeners may or may not get to, hear, get to hear what I'm about to say but Christine and I as everyone knows we live basically in the heart of King's Cross the uh, the local constabulary I the detectives the plain clothes police oh god here we go um, Christine and I see them regularly don't we Christine uh, we know pretty well all their faces uh, we see them 
you know, sneaking out the side of the station for a, a cigarette. Uh, we even know by by face some of the undercover police uh, because they used to go to your brother's cafe, Glider, uh-huh. for coffee. Gotcha. And let me just say this. I know exactly what they look like, how they dress, their demeanour. So I'm walking along Manly Beach a few weeks ago. Paul's giving me that funny look. He's thinking, John... I'm just putting a pin in this so in case I need to edit this later yeah, on. You may, you may or may not. But we'll I think see. it's just fascinating. Of course, of course. Yeah. So walking along the promenade at Manly mm-hmm. and over the last, I guess, you know, since COVID, because mm. you know that I used to go over there and, and run with my Danish colleague. Yes. Uh, I'm walking with him a few weeks ago and we come across this very extensive group, at least maybe 12 detectives from Manly. Yeah. And they were all, they look, it, it, it kind of looked like a fashion shoot for the cover of Vogue magazine. The way they were dressed, yeah. the way they looked, the way they held themselves. It was incredible, the difference between the two sets. And I don't know whether that's... Um, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to ponder. Wait, what do you mean? The manly detectives look all like supermodels. Okay. And the ones from the cross look like so <laughs> like Columbo on so a good day. The thing you were worried about was not a major corruption scandal. It was you don't want the detectives at the cross to find out that you think they don't look good. No, it's not that they don't look good, but they just carry themselves very differently. The way they dress, it's Guys, so... fucking pick your, pick your game No, but up. isn't it interesting? And Christine and I both, we... we it's very, very... That is so funny. Isn't that it? You would, I love that you were worried about them being... A, oh, we thought we thought we dressed pretty well. No, it's Look, a manly. It's and... just different. Yeah, absolutely. And I could, if I could take photographs of the two groups, yeah. which I would not do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might do it to show you. Yeah. You would just. That is. It's so fascinating. It's like looking at the set of the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Like the. Got to be careful. I'm treading on thin ice here. Are you? Yeah. This doesn't seem like thin ice at all. I thought you were going to say you saw them doing a drug meet. No. What you're saying is that some of them didn't have as nice a fashion well, sense as the others. Yeah, and it's just it's just so. Uh, the, the, if you stood the two groups together, yeah. it's it's so extraordinary. I would argue that they maybe were both both groups were dressed appropriately to blend in in their given environments. Quite possibly. It's possible that if you're on the northern beaches, you actually mm. need to dress a certain way. And if you're here, you need to dress a certain way yeah, to blend in. I, I, I think that's a valid point. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very, very noticeable. If you've ever had the opportunity to juxtapose those two yeah. different groups. And if you're from either of those groups, please get in touch and uh, send us some photos. We can rate your looks for you. Dad, that's all the time we have for this week's episode, this very special episode of Loose Ends. Technically speaking, it's not really a Loose Ends because we'll be back at the end of this week with a proper Loose Ends. But thank you for joining us in Casa del Verhoeven down in, <laughs> in Sydney. Uh, Dad and I will be back at the end of the week for more Loose Units. In the meantime, please don't hesitate to get in touch on our discussion group on Facebook. Be safe and we'll see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.